0: Join Mack back here with your Sunday get-together on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, NBA playoffs ongoing, and we're dangerously close to being down to the Final Four. I mean, the whole bunch of teams have already turned the page and started to look forward to next year. Starts with the uh, draft lottery Tuesday night, and then we'll have the actual draft. Who's going to be selected? Well, we're starting to figure that out with a little help in Chicago this week. Here to talk about the NBA Draft Combine from draftexpress.com, one of the best websites you can go to if you're looking for information on guys making that transition to the pros, either through the college level and or coming over from Europe. Jonathan Gavoni, good enough to join us for a couple minutes. How are you, Jonathan?
1: Doing great, Jody. How are you?
0: My pleasure. How crazy was it out there in Chicago this week?
1: It was. It was normal. It was uh, you had a lot of NBA teams, a lot of agents, a lot of players. Uh, you know, fighting for for a spot in the NBA. It's um, it's a great time of year. We uh, it was a really great week in Chicago.
0: The NBA doesn't get quite as much coverage as the NFL does for its quote unquote combine. And the NBA is is done it a little bit more similar to the NFL with more drills now with a little five on five, which I like because that makes it that differentiates it from the NBA. You're actually playing a game, and you can judge uh, what has spurred on the NBA to make some changes to its draft combine.
1: I just think that NBA teams weren't happy with the format. They were letting agents control the entire process. Who plays? Who doesn't? Who does? You know the vertical leap. Who and so they just you know they decide to put their foot down. They say, "Listen, if you want, we're gonna we're gonna give um, you know the the first round picks. If you don't want to play, fine. But other than that, if you want to come, you need to you need to if you, you need to play. You need to do everything. You need to give us a medical. You need to do a physical. You need to do uh, interviews with teams. You need to do the athletic testing, the measurements." the whole nine yards. So I think um, I think it was, it, was, it was great going back to the 5-on-5 format. I think a lot of kids helped themselves. And um, I think that some of the guys who didn't play may have made a mistake, and, and they might see their, their, their stock kind of surpassed by the guys that did.
0: And that's where I was going next. Who, in your estimation, may have made a mistake by not participating to the full length the NBA was looking for?
1: I think Cliff Alexander from Kansas, you know, he was kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth this week. On one hand, he told teams, "I wasn't in a very good situation at Kansas. Um, you know, um, I should have played more. I should have had a bigger role. I, I, things weren't suited well for me." But then he has a chance to go out and, and prove that in the five-on-five, show exactly what kind of player he is. Decided not to participate, you know. So I think I think that was a mistake on his part, and a lot of teams were saying that. You know, this guy, a lot of people thought he was the, the, the number two prospect in high school basketball after Jalen Okafor. Now he's probably going to be a second-round pick, and that's really unfortunate because we really have no idea, you know, if, like he's saying, he was in a bad spot. I think he, he should have showed that this week.
0: How many players actually came
1: into Chicago? Uh, well, there were 62, 63 players in Chicago. Only about half of them participated in the 5-on-5
0: Fair enough. And how many of those who participated do you think actually helped their stock significantly? Uh, You mentioned half, so that means those are players that didn't, the guys who either believe, think, know they're going to be lottery picks, uh, top half of the first round and the like. Who was a second rounder coming in who definitely jumped into the first round by their play?
1: Well, I think Rakeem Christmas really, really helped himself. Had 20 points in the first game, 19 points in the second. He showed a little bit more versatility offensively than we saw from him at Syracuse. He really never took a single jump shot in four years at Syracuse. Came in this week, knocked down a bunch of mid-range jumpers. Um, just was very active and aggressive, rebounding, running the floor, playing good defense. I think he really helped himself. He measured extremely well too. He has a nine-three standing reach, which is, you know, it's bigger than most NBA centers. Jonathan Holmes from Texas was another player that I, I I really think opened up a lot of eyes. He was not in a great situation in Texas. They had way too many big men wasn't great spacing out there. Rick Barnes ended up being fired. He had a great week, um, you know, measured well, 69, um, you know, shot the three ball well. Just showed a lot of versatility, blocking shots, rebounding. Kind of looked like a like a Patrick Patterson style four man, which everybody's looking for in today's NBA. Um, Andrew Harrison from Kentucky also I think helped himself. Really did a nice job of running his team, distributing. Um, I think he's got a chance to go in in the late first round potentially. Um, I, I would uh, JP Tokodo from North Carolina. You know, he made a lot of noise about how he wasn't in a great situation. Um, he didn't. Uh, he didn't have a chance to develop over there, and um, really, you know, kind of shows that he that he was right. He shot the ball much better than expected. He's extremely athletic. Played great defense pass the ball well. So I think those four guys probably the the guys that help themselves the most.
0: Let me ask you about a guy who we got to know during the year who's good enough to come on while Notre Dame was making its tournament run, Pat Connaughton, who had a real good season for the Irish on the basketball floor, and now he's back out on the baseball field for him. He's got a chance to play professionally in one of those two sports. Most people said before the year started, better baseball prospect than basketball prospect, but had a damn good year for the Irish as they made their late tournament run and supposedly played very well and looked very athletic these couple days in Chicago. Is he a guy who's going to get drafted?
1: I think he's definitely helped himself quite a bit. Shot the ball very, very well. He tested a 44-inch vertical leap, which was number one at the combine. People are thinking that he, kind of, he, was able to, he was smart enough to know how to fib the vertical leap test, and they look a little bit better, but he's still extremely athletic, has at least a 40-inch vert. And he's just a very high-character, intelligent guy. He knows his role. Um, You know, everybody's looking for shooters in the NBA these days, and and he really made a case for himself.
0: The the top of the draft, the two bigs, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, they weren't going to compete. You knew that, but they were in for uh, their medicals, their physicals, and also to talk to teams. Was they there... weren't
1: even there for that, actually. They ne- decided to skip. Neither show. And, M- and Moudier also. Neither, none of those three even made it to Chicago.
0: So uh, when is Moudier? is he just going to meet and play, work out for individual teams? Is that how he's going to let those who may be interested know that, yes, the myth that is <laughs> Emmanuel Moudier is real and you should be looking at me at the top of the draft?
1: That's the plan. You know, I mean he's all these guys are waiting for the lottery, which is on Tuesday, and that's when the draft order is gonna get set and that's gonna give these guys a much better idea, okay, what you know, what teams do I need to target individually? Who do I really need to impress? Because they have no interest in, in, in giving the San Antonio Spurs their physical or in meeting with, you know, um, you know, the Oklahoma City or whatever. They they just don't they wanna target two or three teams they're going to go do a one-on-zero workout, and they're going to dare them to, to pass on them for someone else. And that, that's just how the draft process works. And teams, you know, they they, they feel like they, they can handle that. They're okay with it. You know, they went out to China. They saw, him, uh, they saw him playing competitively 10, 12 games. And they're going to interview his high school coaches, his AAU coaches. And, um, you know, they'll do a physical. The teams that will be able to get them in will do a physical, and, and that'll be it. So that's um, that's the nature of the game right now.
0: Jonathan Gavoni of DraftExpress dot com is good a website prepping you for the NBA draft. As you're going to find, he was in Chicago all this week for the NBA draft combine. The lottery is coming up on Tuesday night. We'll know the official order of the top 14 picks, and then there after. Uh, Jonathan, one of you, uh, the things that I go to your site for every single year is your information on the European players who are coming over. Right now, you've got two and have had all year. You've been pretty consistent, moved them up and down a little bit in your mocks, but pretty consistent that uh, two European guys are going to go in the first round. Where have Hazonia and uh, Parzingis? I always mispronounce his name. Give me a hand here.
1: Porzingis.
0: Porzingis. <laughs> Uh, how are they not being involved in the the combine? Uh, when are they working out? Are they moving up? They've got the European Championships and everything. Where do they sit? Have they made any movements on the board? Are you sticking with? Yeah, they're the two that are going to
1: come off the board in the lottery. So Porzingis um, was. They secured a huge win today in Spain, and that means that they're staying in the first division. They were, you know, they were in the relegation zone all year, but they they scrapped their way out of it. Uh, so he's going to be over here pretty soon. His agency is having a pro day in Las Vegas on June 12th. So he'll be out there. Um, all, sh- all 30 teams will be looking at him. He'll be doing a very light workout, I'm sure. But um, then he'll go do a couple of individuals. His Zonia, from the Croatian wing, we're going to have to see about him because if, the fi- if, he- if the Barcelona goes to the finals, he might be done You know, around June 20th, which only gives him five days to come over here. So he might just make it over and go straight to the green room. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, you know, the thing is that these guys have been under the radar for for so long. Teams really know what they can do at this point. They don't really need to see them working out, and um, they didn't. They won't have the same preparation time to you know to to go into the training facilities, work on their vertical leap, and, and all that. So they're going to be top ten picks. Borzingis might even go top five. So those are two extremely talented young kids. And, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Are they both a given to come over this year? Last year, Sarich, top Euro taken. Everyone knew ahead of time he was going to stay for at least one year, probably more like two, maybe as many as three. The Sixers, in their tank mode, are very patient. Is it given that both of the guys are going to be taking the lottery this year coming over from
1: Europe? Yes, if it was up to them, absolutely. I mean, the, the the team that drafts him still needs to pay the buyout. But uh, if it's up to them, there's no question. Hezonia, I think, is, you know, he's tired of Barcelona. They, they've just kind of given up on developing him because they know that he's leaving and that, that hurts their ego. So they, that he's going to the NBA, so he's over that situation. Porzingis, his team absolutely needs that buyout money, so they're really counting on him, on him getting, being a high draft pick and and being able to cash in there. So I don't think there's any doubt that both guys will be will be playing next year in the NBA.
0: One last player, let me ask you about uh, because I get a lot of debate on him. I think some people overrate him. I think some people underrate him. And that's Frank Kaminsky of Wisconsin had another real good tournament. He causes some matchup problems for certain guys, but he also has his own matchup problems on the defensive end. How do you think his game plays into the NBA, and where does that have him him falling in the first round of the draft?
1: I agree with you that he's underrated, and I do think that he's going to cause huge mismatch problems. Being seven feet tall and incredibly skilled, he can shoot the ball, he can handle, he can pass it. Um, he's, He's exactly what a lot of teams are looking for right now, because he, he just he caught your center is going to have to come out and guard him, which opens up the paint completely and it's just going to create all kinds of mismatch problems and he's not going to hurt you too much defensively he's a solid rebounder and a solid defender, and uh, he really knows how to play, so I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be end up going in that seven to 12 range, and whoever's going to draft him is going to be very happy. He might not be an all- star but he's going to be a very important player for the next you know eight to ten years.
0: last thing uh, was there a guy this week in Chicago? that maybe you'd been touting. I'm sure you stay on top of everybody else's mock drafts. You guys kind of travel in the same circles, talk to the same scouts, show up at the combines and the workouts and the like. A uh, guy that you liked in season that you've had on your board that maybe others haven't and really uh, busted it up in Chicago this week. And you said, I tried to tell you guys he was going to be drafted. You didn't think he was going to be drafted. I told you he's going to be second round. Shoot, he could sneak into the bottom of the first round. Was there anybody <laughs> like that for you this week?
1: You know, there's really no secrets today in the NBA draft. And, and really, we just kind of you know, try to try to predict it accurately. If teams don't like a guy, then that's, that's their prerogative. I don't think that there were any shocking revelations. There are two guys that I really like um, as, as role players and as human beings that I think are going to end up sneaking their way into the NBA that people aren't super high on. I think that's T.J. McConnell from Arizona and Quinn Cook from Duke. These are two guys that, between them, won a ton of games and they just came into the combine ran a team made open shots um, made everybody else better played their butt off on defense and you know and and wowed people in the interview process so i mean these aren't going to be all stars but i think that if you look at you know like a matthew de la patty mills you know guys like that and i think that's what that's what you can expect from those two Jonathan,
0: great stuff. Uh, Glad you had a good week in Chicago. We'll be checking out your site, draftexpress.com, all the way leading up to the draft. Always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk to you before the draft actually comes down.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: That's Jonathan Gaboni of draftexpress.com, here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack with you. Quickie timeout. We'll come back. We'll get the phones reopened, 855-212-4227. Stay with us here on CBS Sports Radio.